Okay, so today we're going to talk about um, keeping score in the FICO facts. We're basically going to go over tips, give you some knowledge on what to look for, what you can do to obtain your credit score, what to look for in your credit reports, and just some basic tools and things to use and know yourself. The basic agenda is tips for using your credit wisely, your credit report contents, what goes into your credit score, how to improve your score, how to obtain your credit report, and we're going to talk about ID theft prevention, which that's when Amy will come up and she's more knowledgeable on that issue. So basically, the major tip is know yourself. Be organized, stay within your credit limit, and don't use credit to stretch your income. So basically, we talk about be organized is, you know, if you're using your credit cards, make purchases, things like that, keep your receipts if you don't have a, a book form, you know, get one of the little check registers to write, you know, your purchases and stuff. That way you're going to know, you know, based on what you're spending and what your credit limit is, where you're at. Um, stay within your credit limit. Try not to go over your um, credit lines if you can, because that does affect your score adversely. Um, and then, you know, if possible, don't, don't use credit structure income, because then basically you're paying back multiple money that you couldn't pay back in the first place. So we just advise not to do that. Your credit reports contain personal information, employment information, credit information, and public record information. Under personal information, what you want to be looking for is name, address, social security number, and birth date. That's your basic contents. And basically what you need to look at is make sure that it's really your information. It's your name, your address, your social security number, and your birth date. You may see when you look at the report or may have certain things reported, AKAs or aliases. If you have an AKA, make sure it's really you. I like to use women who get married, they have a maiden name, they were Jones, now they went to Smith. That's going to show. If you have something on there as Jane Doe and you were never Jane Doe, that's something you would want to dispute, something you want to have taken off there. What a lot of you don't know is 50% of everybody's credit report has errors on it. So the credit bureaus aren't perfect. And a lot of times where the information comes from is when you may apply for credit somewhere, it may have been the person inputting the information from their end, or maybe you didn't quite follow what they wanted on the application, and so they just put in what was on the application. So just make sure that you're aware of what's on there, that it's really your information. If you like to name your children, that they're a senior or a junior or a second or a third, that when you fill out any type of information for that person, that you have it specifically for that person. So if they're John Richard III, that you really have it John Richard III. We see so many times that a senior might have a junior's information. So if a senior has a mortgage and the junior's just attending college, there's no way he could have a $1,000 mortgage payment. So it can happen. So just make sure that when you go to a creditor and you're filling out information that it's specific for you or that person and that you have the specifics with the names there because the credit bureaus do really look at that and that's how they report you. Um, employment information, it basically will give you um, current employer, the date you started, your previous employment, and the date you started there. It won't give your title, it won't give your grade, it won't give your salary. It's just basically going to report who, you know, who your current employer is and your previous employer. It will include a list of creditors, payment histories, and account information. So it's basically going to show how you pay your bills, if you pay them on time. It's going to show basically the history, how long you've had that, you know, that either that credit card or that loan for, and then any account information. Typically it will give an account number, but it may not be in a full account number for that specific card. And then any public record information, which would be judgments, liens, and bankruptcies. 
You can obtain your credit report, obviously yourself, in response to a court order. A third party only if authorized by you and in connection with any of the following situations. A credit transaction, meaning you go somewhere, you apply for a car loan, mortgage, anything like that. Employment, underwriting of insurance, a real estate transaction, and establishing your ability to pay child support. Um, one of the things that we have discovered is with underwriting of insurance, they actually do base your premiums off of what your credit score is. So just keep that in mind. That might be sometimes why maybe one insurance company is giving you a better rate than somewhere else because they're actually looking at your score and obtaining that and getting your premium. Yes? What would your employer want with your credit report? Your employer is basically just looking to find out basically how you handle your finances. And the credit report would show that because it's going to show pay. It shows the payment history. It shows who you have accounts with, you know, where you have certain loans, mortgages, things like that. So that's basically. And the other thing is they're looking at your name, social security number, and your address to make sure that you are really who you say say you are. Um, and obviously, real estate transaction and then your ability to pay child support. They're just making sure that you pay all your bills. Did I get everything with that? I ask a question? Yes, certainly. Um, just backing up a little bit, where the information on the credit report—if you find that it's incorrect—how do you how do you rectify it? Um, what you would want to do is you want to file a dispute. And as we keep going into the presentation, and I give you the credit reporting information. But the best thing to do is file a dispute. It costs you nothing to do the dispute, and you can either do it over the phone with them if you call the 800 number for the credit bureau. A lot of times we recommend that you call TransUnion. If you go through TransUnion, what will happen is then one credit bureau will contact the other three and make the correction to each one of the bureaus. Um, but when you do the dispute, what you will need to do is have any information that you can. So in other words, like if you know it's your name, if for some reason your name's not correct, you can call them, let them know that you want to do a dispute, that you know, obtain your credit report, your name is not correct on it. They will ask you more information and in detail what it needs to be, and then they usually send you a copy of the tra of the transaction and changing it once they've done it and it's gone through. Okay. Okay. Soft inquiry versus hard inquiry. Soft inquiries do not affect your score. So soft inquiries would be your mail solicitations, mortgage pre-approvals, employer background checks, and also vehicle shopping. Um, hard inquiries do affect your score. Basically, there would be for anybody that you're, if you're applying for any types of loans or credit. Um, the soft inquiries, what will happen is you will actually see the inquiries on the back of your report, but they won't affect your score. And what we mean by affecting your score is if you would come into the credit union and you apply for a loan, we're going to pull your credit report and we're going to get your credit score. Whenever a company, whoever it may be, obtains your report and they're going to get your score, you lose points from your score. So a lot of times that's why you'll see places that actually just do soft inquiries. They're just obtaining the information on you. They don't want to know your score. They just want to know basically, kind of like your employer, they just want to see how you handle your assets and your debts. Um, with mortgage pre-approvals, what will happen is the credit bureaus know because of how the coding is that you're actually, you know, either trying to be pre-qualified for a home. The same with vehicles. They know you they can tell by the types of inquiries that you're trying to look for a vehicle and what they will do is they will group all of this together and they will give you up to 14 days um, of all that compiled before they act before they would actually hit your score with that whatever however many points they want to which typically is about six to eight points I mean it's nothing dramatic but it, it does affect your score 
How long does information stay on your report? Um, up to 10 years would be bankruptcy. Um, discharge work you've actually just um, put on the report. And then up to seven years would be your suits and judgments, your paid tax lien, collection and charge off accounts, either being in collection or paid, and any other adverse information. Now, with your bankruptcies, even if it is discharged, it will actually tell the discharge date and it will stay on there for 10 years. Your paid tax liens, your collection accounts, your charge off accounts, if they are paid, they will still show, but they will show that they were either settled or paid, and, in the, and then after seven years, they will fall off. However, if you have, and I like to use this as an example, let's say you were a student, college, Penn State here, and you got a $50 parking ticket. You're really mad because, you know, you had like one minute left and they slapped with the ticket, so you decided you never want to pay. So that $50 parking ticket went to ABC Collection Agency. And ABC Collection Agency basically tried for five years, couldn't get the money from you, they let it go. Well, PDQ Collection Agency said, we want to take over this for you and we'll try and collect it again. If that happens, it opens up that account for another seven years. So you would still have that parking ticket on your credit report for 14 years, or it could keep going if they keep changing over collection agencies. So just so you know, if something would happen to go to collection and it's not turned over to a different collection agency, that's when the seven years will come into play. But if it is changed over to somebody else, it will continue. So really the only way to get something off of your credit report is to pay it. Pay it. Right, um, if it's not really yours, it's distributed. Well, yeah, and you can settle with the credit card companies. So that's what we were, we're, we're not credit counselors by any means, but what you can do is contact, don't be afraid of those credit card companies. Call them and say, okay, I really want to get this off my credit report. What can we settle for? And a lot of times they'll do it for a fraction of what you owe. So if you racked up $1,000 in fees on your credit card, maybe they'll settle, settle it for the original amount of $300. Uh, if you do that, make sure you get it in writing that they're going to take it off of your credit report before you pay it. So right. say, I'll pay you if you take it off my credit report. I have a quick question. So what if it never even goes to a collection agency? Because I ran my credit report, um, there was some suspicious activity, and I found something on there for like, I think a whole year, there was one dollar on this one account and it just every month it was just one dollar mm -hmm. and I called the credit card company and they're like yeah this was back in 2008 um, the card was used and um, we couldn't get a hold of you so we just wrote it off but there's still the one dollar service charge well I was never even notified and there was no collection agency or anything but for like a whole year I had this one dollar charge in my credit report but it didn't go to a collection agency. So in that case, does it still follow the seven year? It still follow the seven year. Basically what happened is they, they basically did what they call a charge off where they wrote it off. Mm -hmm. So it is, it basically what happens is on your report, it shows us, and I, I know it's a coding, it shows us an R9 and basically what that tells any institution is basically they wrote off that dollar. So it is still basically a collection account in the aspect right. that it was charged off. But if it never went to an agency, it's the same concept. If, it, yeah, if you don't ever take care it. of it after seven years, as long as it doesn't go to somebody else, it will. It because will I called the credit card company to find out what it was, and um, 
they told me that it was written off, and I'm like, well, I want, I didn't know about the charge. If I had known, I would have paid it. Right. So can I pay it now? And they're like, no, it's written off. You can pay the dollar. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you want me to pay the one dollar, but not, you know, I think it was like fifteen dollar charge or something like that. Right. But um, they wouldn't even let me pay that, which kind of was weird. To yeah, me. that was I weird. Know. I mean, in that case, you're trying to settle. They should have at least worked with you to try and get it off. Right. There, and they they off. told me that I can't. That it's been written off, so there's no way I can pay that now. I just have to pay the one pay the, the one dollar yeah, service charge. Yeah. Basically, pay the service charge and since right. they wrote it off. Basically, it's written off from your account. And yeah. Yeah. That, that really cool. stinks. It does. <laughs> because it, yeah. yeah. That affected your credit score. Yeah. That one dollar, yeah. where I could have a thousand dollar charge, and it affects us the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That I had one dollar. I was so pissed when I saw that. I'm oh, like, what is this? That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If a credit card company charges you interest, mm -hmm. and you call them and they take it off, mm -hmm. does it affect your credit score? No. Okay. Because that's just what the credit card company is actually doing with your card. The only time it would affect your actual credit score is if you decide that you don't want to pay them at all and um, you go what they, what they would consider delinquent or you're actually late. And how a late payment is actually, how the credit bureaus look at a late payment is 30 days or more. If you would happen to not get your payment there till the second, you know, if just something happened, you know, you didn't get your payment there till the second, you may wind up getting a late, pay, a late payment fee from the credit card company, um, or maybe even if it would put you over your limit, maybe an over limit fee, but it's not going to go on your credit report because you're not 30 days late. So it's the same concept. Your credit card company is just taking the interest off, so it's not actually reporting to anybody within the bureau because it's not affecting but, your actual credit. But if it's a late fee, it goes on your credit report if even if they take it off. No. The late fee won't affect your credit report unless you're 30 days late with the account itself. If you don't make a payment to the credit card company and it goes over 30 days, that's when it's going to affect your credit score because you've decided not to pay them at all. But if you pay it, if you get a late fee from the credit card company because you didn't actually pay it on the day it was due, uh -huh. that late fee gets paid to the credit card company, but it doesn't report to your credit report because that's on them. Okay. Okay, because you, you weren't 30 days late. So 30 or more days late will affect your credit score. Sure. Okay, what your score is compiled of. Um, basically, we're showing you a pie chart of your actual FICO score. 35% of everybody's actual score is payment history. 30% is the amounts owed. 15% is your length of credit history. And 10% is new credit and types of credit used. So basically, we're talking about payment history. We are looking at how you make your payments you're paying on time, you're 30 days, however, basically how you pay on time. Amounts owed, basically what this is, is let's say you have overall within your credit, you've got $20,000 of available credit to you, meaning credit cards and lines of credit, and you only have about $1,000 of that used. You're basically going to fall into what we probably categorize about 90% of your actual credit available to you that you can still use. So the lower, the higher the percentage is, the better your credit score will be because you have money to use. But if you have $20,000 in available credit and you've got $10,000 available to you, you've used over half, so your score is going to be lower because you don't have as much available to use. 15% um, is length of credit history, so this would be basically um, how long you've actually had credit for and how long you've had your accounts. Um, a lot of people back in the day 
whenever credit actually started coming out, everybody paid cash for everything. Or if you got a credit card, everybody advised you get the credit card, pay the balance down to zero, and close out the account. So Sears, I love to use Sears because Sears has been around forever. Everybody could get a Sears card. So let's say you've had the Sears card for 20 years and you decided you got really mad at Sears and you don't want their card anymore. So you decided you're going to close out the account. You, because you closed that account today, you've lost 20 years of credit history with Sears. Your score is going to drop. So the longer you actually have your credit on, on your credit report and you have your accounts, the better your score will be. We're not saying go out and charge on the card and I'm not saying that you can't close out some of the cards, but if you have one of your longest accounts, your oldest accounts and you have a zero balance on it, keep it open. It's not hurting you. If you feel you may you know, have the need to use the card, just cut it up. But keep that account open because it's helping your score. Now, if you have a newer account, that, like a newer credit card, maybe it was a retail store, you got 10%, so you went into pennies, they give you 10%, you get the card, and you pay it off to zero and you want to close that one out, that will be okay because it's a new account, so it's not going to affect your score as the account that you've had forever. And then 10% is new credit and then types of new credit use. So new credit meaning anything new, you know, car loans, installment loans, anything new you do that impacts your score. And then types of credit used is basically installment credit versus revolving credit. And what we're talking about installment would be car loans, fixed rate term loans, mortgages, and then others would be your revolving, your installment would be, I'm sorry, unsecured would be your credit cards and your revolving, meaning credit lines. 35% of payment history basically would consist of on-time payments and delinquencies. More weight is put on current delinquencies. Um, and so basically for them to say is it would drop your actual credit score with having current delinquencies. How to improve your credit scores, get rid of them, pay them if you, if you can. <laughs> and then always try to pay at least the minimum on time. We like to say on time is basically honored before the actual payment is due. 30% is amounts owed, which would be your amount owed on credit cards, your percentage of your credit card limits used, and the percentage of outstanding open loans. This is the example of having a 20000 and then you're only using a 1000 you've got that available to you. I have a quick question sure. about that. Amounts owed, so um, let's say that you know every month you pay off your bill, but you pay it off at the end of the month, mm -hmm. and you want to go and get you know approved for a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Are you saying to pay off the card right before you go and um, have them check out for the mortgage? I mean, is it that? Is it going to affect it that closely, or no. does it not matter? If that because you're paying it every single month, that's actually helping with your payment history. So that's still keeping your score up. But that is a good idea to do, especially if you are trying to do mortgage shopping. Because what happens is, um, they basically want to know what you have available to you. Sometimes it can be bad when you're mortgage shopping though too because they may see the available credit you have and I have heard of some mortgage lenders out there making members close out accounts because they're afraid they would go out and charge all that up before they got the mortgage. Um, unfortunately, what the mortgage companies don't know is by that happening, it affects members' credit scores because especially if you had that Sears account and it was 20 years old, you know, your credit score is going to drop. Now hopefully they would pull your credit and get that information before that would happen, but even still, I mean, even after the fact, it's still going to affect your score. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's something that you pay off every month and you're not going to close, that's that's fine. That's helping actually keep your score, you know, basically where it was when you had the account if you're paying it on time. Um, and just so you know, when we talk about your credit score, your credit score is not the same all the time. 
There are three credit bureaus, which we'll go over in a couple minutes. Um, your score will not be the same on each of the credit reports because there are companies, credit card agencies, things like that, that choose which credit bureaus they want to report to. So that might be, for some people who are trying to shop too, they may have um, a 750 with one credit bureau, they may have a 680 with another. And so that's true. I just checked, the credit union uh, gives us this free credit monitoring service, and I just got my credit report and my credit score. And two of my credit reports were almost at 800, and my other was like at 600. Just the way that things were reporting on it, I was like, it, it just amazed me. And what they do is they take an average of those credit scores. Like if I would go yeah. in to get a mortgage, they take an average. So I would really need to take a look. I didn't, but I should have taken a look at that one credit report and seeing why at Equifax am I getting a 600 credit score when TransUnion and Experian I have an 800 credit score. Right. So, right, just something to be you know, you're good. you know, just something you know, because there can be it can be misleading. You know, we're sitting here trying to paint the perfect picture, but just so you know, it's not always perfect. You know, and that's that's why we're also giving the education to make sure the information that you have on your credit report is really yours. And if it's not, you can dispute it because you want it to be right, or as about as right as it can be. Um, length of credit. On what date was your oldest account open? What is the average age of the rest of your accounts? So we give you the example: if you have your Sears card for ten years, you've had your Capital One card for two years. The average age is actually six years. If you would go out today though, and you would decide that you want to open a new account, we call it a new trade, meaning credit cards, whether it be a Discover card or a USA card or whatever, your average age then goes to three, because it's actually looking at the most recent year's activity and then taking the average of your overall credit, so how basically the longest and then the, the newest that you have. Um, so how to improve your scores, don't close your oldest account, which is what I was saying, keep that 20 year Sears card open if you can. and. Um, Limit the number of new accounts you open. I mean, if, if it's something like maybe you're bouncing back from a bankruptcy and you've gotten a small credit card and you've done 500 and maybe you did it six months ago, then you would be okay, I would say, if you wanna to go to like a, you know, a store card and try and get something small, but don't do it like, you know, if you know they, they approved you for 500 at this place, then you're like, oh, I got $500, so I can go up here and try again. Try to just limit how often you do it. New credit is um, number of inquiries in the last 12 to 18 months, the number of new accounts in the last 24 months, and then multiples for auto and mortgages in a 14-day period will count as just one. So in other words, basically, if you would get mortgage financing or your car loan financing and you've shopped around, wherever you finally go for that financing, they will actually take and just hit your score then with basically just take the points once. They're not going to take it every time you go shop. Um, to improve your scores, slow down or stop opening new accounts, limit the number of times you apply for credit, and don't increase your borrowing. Mix-up credit is installment credit balances, which will raise your score, so that would be anything secured, mortgages, car loans, or installment, installment credit where you get a fixed term with a fixed rate. Revolving credit balances will lower your score, so that would be your credit lines or your credit cards. And we're not implying that credit cards are bad. We don't want to seem like we're saying they're evil. Um, but just be wary of you know, the accounts you have open and the, and the balances that you carry on them. And use installment credit where possible. And basically, if you're looking to consolidate your credit, if you have multiple credit cards, you just say, I want one payment, I, want, I just want to be done with it, I don't want to have to keep 
you know, revolving with this because it seemed like I'm getting nowhere. Use installment credit where possible. We consider that the good cholesterol versus the bad cholesterol with the credit cards. Because um, the installment credit is going to give you that fixed term and you're going to be able to pay it off in, in that time. Just real quick on that. Sure. Um, have you all heard about the new credit card laws? I don't know. We hear about it all the time. But um, you might just start to see, or you probably already have seen on your credit cards, there's now a chart on your um, statements. Take a good look at those because it'll show you how long it actually takes to pay off your credit cards. Um, it, it really floored me because we talk about credit all the time and I think I'm pretty savvy about this stuff. I know what I'm talking about. I've never been late on my credit cards, blah, blah, blah. Well, I looked at my one credit card and it told me if I only made my minimum payments, it would take me 21 years to pay it off. Sometimes that says never. I'm serious. Sometimes it says never, depending on what your interest rates are, which interest rates are on credit cards, you know, these store cards, and you really have to look at your interest rates because they can jack them up to 25, 30%, which is outrageous. And if you're only making your minimum payments, you will never pay off your credit card. It's, yeah. So you want to take a good look at those charts because even if you just pay, let's say your credit card payment is $75. Even by making a $100 payment, you can pay it off in three years. Because that all goes on to your principal, and you're not going to have to pay interest on it. That interest really gets you. So. The other thing to watch out for, too, um, when you apply for credit, and let's say you go to Best Buy, and Best Buy offers you either 12 months or 18 months no interest. So you want to buy a refrigerator. And let's say you take their 18 month no interest, because you, you know you need the fridge, they had the plan, you did it, they approved you. So let's say you go in there, you sign all the happy paperwork, and you start getting bills in the mail, or they send you the statements in the mail, and you didn't really pay attention to it. And let's say you pay everything off, everything's great, and you try to go and apply for credit elsewhere, and let's say you were savvy enough and you knew at the time when you applied for that account through Best Buy, you had a 750 credit score. I'm just using this example. You had a 750 credit score. And now you're car shopping, you come into the credit union because we're offering the great rate for the loan special, so you say, you know, I'm gonna buy a car. And now we pull your TransUnion credit report, and now your credit report says that you're down to like 640, 620. And you're sitting there going, how in the world was this possible when, you know, I just paid this off, I knew I didn't even have the account for a year. If you go through any of those companies, and they are finance companies, beneficial, American, American General, General um, what happens is your credit score will actually drop and they will take at least, at least 20 points from your credit score because you have used a finance company. If it's a legitimate credit card like the, you know, Bank of America, Chase, anything like that, you're gonna get an actual credit card. Those legitimate's not going to, it will affect your score because they're gonna take points because it's basically hard inquiry because you've taken the financing, but it won't hit you as hard as it would if you use the finance company. So just be wary when you're reading all that, when you go into places like that that offer you that, that it, you read and say where it's actually going to be financed with. For for instance, you know how Memorial Day for some reason always they always in mattress sales. I don't know why that is, but I went into Mattress World to get a new mattress. I got this great deal on it. I didn't read the fine print. It just said zero percent financing for twelve months. I knew I would have it paid off within the twelve months. So it's great signed. My statement started coming from American General, and I had no idea that. 
that Mattress World was going to go through a finance company, which I still would have done it because it's to me that was better than not paying the interest was better. Mike, I knew my credit would recover from that, so. We're just telling you to be worried. It's not that you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, just, just know. Just know ahead of time when you go in, especially, you know, because everybody's done it. It happens, you know, yeah. eventually along the line. But just be wary. If you're going to so start you know. mortgage shopping, yeah. you might want to think twice about getting the mattress now because it's going to go through the finance company. It's going to lower your credit score. So right. you might want to yeah. think twice. Buy your house it. first, then get your mattress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You said you knew you would recover from it. Mm -hmm. How? You're, you're what does more, it take to recover? Well, what happens is at the time that you apply, okay, like when you sign on the dotted line and they say, hey, you can take your mattress, you basically at that, that day, your score's dropped because okay. they, they've hit it. But basically what happens is as you keep making payments and as you keep going and you've done nothing, you everything's still on the door, you're paying all your payments, your score recovers basically almost immediately after that. It starts rebuilding oh, okay. back up. So as long as you don't go and do something else really crazy in the meantime of that, like don't pay something, your score is going to continue to rebound. Okay. So even though, and I know it sounds terrible to say you, you're going to get a hit, it's going to hit your score, it does affect your score, but your score continually will rebound from that. And everybody's score goes like this all the time. You know, you could be at 750 today, you could be 738 tomorrow, you could be 725 the next day, 730 the next. Just depends on who maybe is inquiring or what you may have done, like maybe you decided to go to Macy's, they tried to talk you into it, and then you said, no, I don't want to do it. So it's just, you know. By the time I had my uh, mattress paid off, it was less than a year, my score had already recovered. Oh, okay. And I didn't pay the interest, so. I love those no interest things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just know that when you do that, just pay it off before, because all that interest will accrue. Right. So at 24, 25% interest. Yeah. So that's why they for the like, whole year. Right, and that's why they don't like finance companies, because they have astronomical rates, 28, 30, 32%, you know. So they know they have like no regulations, and these right. these payday loan places too are the same way. You could pay 125 percent interest on a payday loan. So that's it's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Okay. Are we on the next slide? Sorry. Is that right? Okay, just making sure I didn't go too far. Sorry. Okay, so to get and keep an 800 score, um, trade lines. Basically, what that means would be any any credit cards or any revolving credit. Seven or more lines, more often than not, you will see 15 to 20 trade lines. Now, so you understand, we're not sitting here saying you've got 15 credit cards all charged up and you've just, oh, all this money. Basically, what's been reported is from the credit bureaus when they do an average of what they're looking for people who have 800 or higher scores, this is what they've seen. Um, maybe they owe very, very little on them, but they just have these amounts open and they're within their credit. Years of credits, at least seven, but usually 12 to 15. The capacity available, meaning basically what they would owe, if anything, would be 95%, but it's usually 98 or higher. And revolving debt owed is no more than 3,500 and usually about $1,000. No current delinquencies, oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, my husband and I will be looking to buy a house maybe in the next year. And about that time, um, both of our car loans will be paid off. Mm -hmm. So is it better to have them paid off and have it noted that they're paid off or still have a little bit left on the loan no. just to have the trade lines? You'll be okay with them being closed because what it, it is going to show it's paid. And at that point in time, too, I mean, everything being paid, 
it's actually helping you because they, they'll be able to see that you've maintained and have been able to pay installment credit on time every time and it's actually paid off. Okay. Yeah, so you're fine with that. And a lot of times what that is too, because it's secured credit, it's not weighed as, as heavily as your revolving or your trade line credit. Okay. So no current delinquencies, no past delinquencies, no public records, no collections. Um, if they do have a mortgage, usually they have they owe very little on it or they do own it completely. So basically in summary, you can improve your credit score if you use credit wisely, be worried of maxing out your credit cards, make your payments on time, refrain from applying for credit needlessly, and order and check the credit report regularly for accuracy. So the next slide gives you the information on the actual credit bureaus. There's Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. You can call the 800 numbers for each um, actual, sorry, company, and you can get a free report from them. Um, if you go to annualcreditreport.com, you can get all three reports. You can get them for free, um, or you can call the 800 number. If you actually go in, though, and when you go online, if you go to want to print it, make sure you print it before you leave the browser because you won't be able to go back in because they figured you've already asked for your annual credit report, so you won't be able to go back in for another year. Now, what you can do if you want to do it sporadically is you could order your TransUnion today and three months go and get your Equifax and three months go get your experience. So you can spread it out if you don't want all three at once. So you know with annual credit report, you are not going to get your score. You are just going to get your report. If you really want to know what your score is, you can pay for it. We do give you the information and how to get it. This is a legitimate site. This is a government regulated site. So you know when you see the guy in the jingle with the tavern who says he has no money and the girlfriend's walking around and says the jinglefreecreditreport.com, it is free. The report is free and you will get a report. But it's a service that you're put into, was it every month? Every yeah. three months? It's every month. And, and you pay for it. You have to give them a credit card yeah, number credit card before you get the score. Now, if you really wanted to do it and get it, you can try and cancel it. You tried it, didn't you? Didn't you I did because people always talk about it and I just wanted to see, but... What I had to do was give my credit card number, and then I couldn't cancel the service. I had to wait two days, and then I couldn't close. I had to have have it closed before 12 days. So I really had a 10-day period to close it. And whenever I called, I had to go jump through all these hoops to get it closed or to you know get it canceled. And if I hadn't made the, the cutoff, I would have signed myself up for a year of service, and they would have charged my credit card every month. So, yeah, so if that's what you're looking to, to do, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah, know. that's fine. Just know that when you do see that, even though it says free credit report, it is actually a service that they're, they're going to go into. So just be wary of that, too. But if you just want to know your report, just to check it out, see what's going on, if you go to annual credit report or call the 800 number, you can get them for free and, you know, see what's going on. And does that affect your score? Like no, it's a so, soft inquiry, okay. so it will not, no. Even if you do get your score from these places, it's still considered a soft, soft inquiry. And I do, I do want to talk a little bit about identity theft. Um, since we're talking about getting your credit report, I know we talked, this is all about credit cards. Does anyone have any questions before yeah, I continue? If you have a credit card and you don't use it, and, but you keep getting letters about, hey, I just noticed you haven't used your credit card, should you use it for fear they'll close it? You may want to. We have seen that happen. A lot of times what happens is if, if you use, the, if you have the card, 
go buy some gas with it, just something simple that you know you can pay it off. Now, if you have an annual fee card and it's one of those you really don't use it and you don't want it, we do recommend that you close that one so you don't get charged an annual fee just to keep the card if you're not really going to use it. Um, unless it has a really good rate. If it's something you really use, then certainly. But yeah, if you if you can get those letters, because what they're looking for is they're looking for who hasn't really been using that credit. And so, yeah, I mean, if it's something simple, you like the card, you want to keep it, just buy something real simple with it just to kind Pay of Pay it off within the grace period, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about it for another year. Just, yeah. Yeah, so. And I don't think they have to notify you before they close the card. Yeah, they, they can just close them, and then hopefully it wasn't your Sears card you've had for 20 years. years. And then you're really screwed, so. Um, just some identity theft statistics. These, that's an old number from 2007. Identity theft is higher now than it's ever been. For years and years and years, the number of identity theft victims went down, but with the economic, economic downturn, it's, up, it's higher than it's ever been. I don't have the statistics from 2009, but it's definitely up. The average dollar amount that someone lost from having their identity stolen is $5,700, and they spent 25 hours resolving it. So just keep that in mind. Um, and the only reason we talk about identity theft, about identity theft here, is because when people, if I would steal Robin's ID and get a credit card, chances are I'm not going to pay it back. <laughs> so I'm not going to get a credit card in Robin's name and then make payments on it. The whole point is so that I don't have to worry about it, um, which will affect her credit score. Right. You know, you, some people know they've had issues. Mm -hmm. So how often would you recommend checking your credit score? I mean, is it wise to do it every three or four months through the, the free one just to monitor your... Uh, what, you want to watch how many times you're at, if you're really after your score, pulling it if you want your score, because again, remember that when you actually try to go, that's considered a hard inquiry if you want your score, and it's going to affect your score, so it's going to drop. So if you have, I'm just using this as an example, if you have a 750 score, it's probably going to take about six to eight points off. So now you might be, depending on how, where you're at in the grid, it can make a difference between you being a 600 or a 700 and how that can impact you. So I'll just use the credit union as an example. If you go for lending, how we do our lending is we base it off of your credit score. So the higher your score is, the better rate you're going to get. So it could be the difference between getting 3.5% versus 7% as far as financing goes. Now, if it's something that you know you don't plan on borrowing money and you just want to know for the fact of knowing it, typically if you pull it every year, honestly, I do it at least every year. Okay. Um, I'm thinking more along the lines where you said about using the free annual credit report mm -hmm. and you could do each one free Yeah. Month. I mean, you wouldn't need to look at your actual score to see if somebody had right. taken a card out in your name, right? Right? Just, right, with the annual credit report, like if you go in today and you got your TransUnion, you won't be able to get your TransUnion report again until July of next year. Okay. So if you just wanted that for right now and then you want to go back in maybe three months from now to get your experience, maybe just to keep you sharp on the site or whatever. I mean, some people just get all three all at once. Some people just choose to space it out so, you know, they can go in, you know, three months later down the road and say they check that one. It's, it's basically up to you how you want okay. to do it. But just remember that once you go in and you get those reports for this year, you're not going to be able to get them until next year. Okay. At the same from time. each Yes, one. from each one. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I forgot about the credit freeze and the fraud alert. Too. I'll talk about that. Thank you. Um, ID theft prevention. We did talk about getting your free credit report. Has anybody heard of credit freeze? No? Um, it's a new service, I guess we'll call it, from the credit bureaus. 
um, and it's long overdue. With the credit freeze, it is what it is. It actually freezes your credit report from being pulled. So let's say I'm a sucker for those 10% uh, discounts at stores, at uh, shopping <coughs> stores. Well, if I have a credit freeze on my account, I'm not gonna be able to open new charge cards. It prevents your credit, it doesn't affect your current accounts, but it will prevent your credit from being pulled at all. Nobody will be able to look at it. Um, it's good, it's free if you've, in Pennsylvania, it's different in every state. In Pennsylvania, it's free if you've been a victim of identity theft. Uh, if you're over 65, it's free. This might be the only ways that it's free. Otherwise, it's only $10 from each of the bureaus. It'll be $30. But it can really prevent some damage from being done. So let's say you have your social security card in your wallet, which I hope you don't. But if you do, and someone steals your wallet, one of the first things you do, you might want to think about doing is putting a credit freeze on your account. Because they have your social security card, it's going to be really easy for someone to open up credit in your name. Um, but then what happens when you do want to get credit? Oh, it's not a permanent thing. I'm sorry. It's, you can call. You can call. They'll give you a, like a 12-digit 9 or 12-digit number um, to have it lifted. It's like a password. You can only have it lifted for 30 days, up to 30 days, or you can have it lifted permanently. But then if you want to get it put back on, you have to pay the fees again. So if you know you're going to go house shopping or car shopping, you just get this credit freeze lifted so then people can start checking your credit again for up to 30 days. And, and then can, after 30 days it goes back on. You can tell them, if you only want it for less than 30, you can tell them how long you want it lifted for. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they will do that. So if you only, you know, if you know, it was just, like, if you know you're going to go to the credit union, that's where you're going to go, you're not going to go anywhere else. For that purpose, and you say, I know I'm going to go within, like, the next five days. You can have it just for those five days, and then they can put it back on. Mm -hmm. You can also do what's called a fraud alert. Fraud alert's not as intense. It's basically just a notification that goes on your credit report that says you may have been a victim. Um, it can't stop your report from being pulled. It can't stop new accounts from being opened in your name. It just lets the creditors know that you may have been a victim. You can also have it so that they call, the creditor calls, you know, they have to call you. So that you'll be standing there and they'll call your cell phone just to verify that it's you. So uh, just a couple things, and I think a fraud alert you know how long for a fraud alert? I think it's only a few months you can I put a fraud so. alert on. Yeah. So just you want to watch to make sure you know when it's going to be there, how long it's going to be there. Yeah, it's not there. They'll it's tell not you when you get long. Yeah. Um, Don't some cards have that automatically? I guess. Some cards offer, offer a fraud alert service, yes. Okay. But the fraud alert, basically what, what you can do for yourself is if you know something's happening, like within your credit or maybe to an account, or maybe let's say, let's say you have, and I hate to use this example, but let's just say that you had an ex, and they had your social security number, and they went to and tried, and they opened an account in your name, you had absolutely no clue that it happened. That person can still keep going to other places, and if you all of a sudden have checked your report and you see that you have this account that you never knew of, if you call them right away, you can put a fraud alert on, saying that you know if my name or social security number is used for any credit transaction, please call. So some credit card companies offer, but I think it's more for the protection of your card and not for the protection of your actual credit. Okay. And you can Visa is really good about protecting your accounts. 
Um, I know sometimes it seems they're a little, they go a little overboard, but I know like if I would go to Vegas and try and use my debit card, it's not, my card's not gonna work. Visa will have to call me, so that's sort of like. That's what had happened. My, yeah. I was with my sister and we were on vacation and she was using a credit card to pay for something and it was declined and she was mortified. No. Well, we found out that they, because a gas purchase was made in Pennsylvania and then it was made in Virginia and then she was trying to buy groceries in North Carolina. Oh. They shut it off. Oh, and wow. And she didn't even know that, she didn't know that that would happen. And, they, yeah. and I know another, another check card of a friend of mine, you have to, you have to actually call them and let them know if you're going out of like a three state region. Yeah. because they red flag yeah. your purchases. Yeah. I know it seems like a pain, and she probably was mortified, I can't even imagine, but it really is for your own It is, and afterwards, we, you know, we were laughing about it, but she wouldn't <laughs> go back to that store. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> well, and I, of course, had to pay the bill then. <laughs> <laughs> she did it on purpose. She knew. No. But you have to be careful. I mean, identity theft happens here. People steal credit cards all the time. They're handheld skimming devices that um, restaurant workers or store clerks, basically anybody can have. Um, they fit in your pocket, and when they, they take your credit card away to pay your bill, all they have to do is slide your card through this card reader, they give your card back, you never know what happened, and then they take their skimming device and download all these credit card numbers onto their home personal computer, and it's that easy. Um, it happened to an employee at the credit union. She went out for lunch somewhere locally in State College. By the time she got back to the credit union, a purchase was made at Best Buy on bestbuy.com. So you have to be very careful. Um, if you're shopping online, don't use your debit card. Use a credit card. A lot of people, if you do a lot of online shopping, a lot of people have small, low limit credit cards that they just use for that. Um, you can check your balances, you can check your statements online. So you can literally make a purchase online and go in minutes later and make sure that it went, the tra transaction went through. Um, so be very careful when you're shopping online with your debit card. I don't have a PayPal account, but a lot of people use PayPal. Um, are you not a fan? My purchasing card got corrupted one time, isn't it? Your what happened? My purchasing card, my uh, state card. Really? It had to have been through PayPal. PayPal can, PayPal, a lot of people try and scam using PayPal. I get emails every day. I don't have a PayPal account, but I get emails every day saying, update your PayPal account, click here. Like, well, I don't have one, but if I did, it might look suspicious, and it would ask you to update your credit card information, and then you send it to who knows where. Um, be stingy with your social security number. Be careful, be very wary of anybody calling you, any credit card company that calls you and says, hey, we're gonna offer you a lower credit card rate, what's your number? Don't give it to them. They know it, you know. Anybody that emails you or calls you and asks you for your social security number, for your credit card number, don't do it. One of the scams the last few years was jury duty. Um, you'd get a call saying, you missed jury duty, there's a warrant out for your arrest, what's your social security number? Well, how do they know if they, you know, they don't have your social security number, how do they know it's you? So don't give it over the phone. If you, if you question it, hang up with them, get the phone book out, call them yourself. Um, same with the credit card companies. If they say they're from 
Target Visa or Visa, yeah, Target Visa or whatever credit card company. Hang up with them, get your card out, call the number on the back of the card, and say, "Hey, did you just call me?" I mean, it seems it's easier for people to steal your identity if they're actually calling you because it's more personal. You're more likely to give someone your information than if someone gets if you get a phishing email because we all know about phishing emails and never to give your information on over the computer. Um, Another, I think we talked about this at the last one, um, pre-screening, get, get off these mailing lists at the opt-out-prescreen.com or 888-5-opt-out. You'll stop getting those direct mailing pieces with credit cards. Um, if you call, you have to call from the number you want off the list. And you do, cell phone numbers are being published now, so you want to get your cell phone numbers off the list too. Text messaging scams are common now too. Does everyone hear text message? You can get text messages from different credit card companies that say, hey, your information may have been compromised. Email us your credit card number to this email address. So there's so many ways your information can be sold. We could talk about it all day, but I know we don't have time for that, so. Oh yeah, um, you also want to, if you have kids, you'll want to make sure that you're checking their credit reports. The trend now is, because um, nobody can get credit anymore, because everybody has a bad credit score, um, to steal children's identities and open up credit cards in your children's name. So you may want to check your credit report for them. If your children start to get mail, they start to get credit card offers, or if they start to get, if you see a weird, statement in the mail for them, that may be a sign that they've been a victim of identity theft. If you stop getting your mail, it may mean someone has forwarded your, your mail to them, so now they have all your credit information. And so you know, that does actually affect your child's credit score in the long run. They actually did really have somebody that this really happened to. They used their daughter's name and her social security number, and they put it on and opened accounts, and when she was only 13 years old, and when she's 18 years old, she's going to have an under 500 credit score because the mother never paid and the daughter's going to be affected by it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, overall, it's not good for your kids. So just keep in mind that it can happen. You, you know, mean the mother's the one that opened the, the account? The mother actually yeah. opened the account. What she did is she used, used the daughter's first name, used her last name, and used the daughter's social security number, went and got credit and it's on the daughter's credit report, she never paid it, and now the daughter's credit's gonna be affected negatively. And when she's 18, if she tries to go get student loans or even tries anything on her own, she's gonna have a difficult time. And the only way she can get that off is if she prosecutes. Yeah. So chances are that's not gonna happen. So, it's sad, it, it really is, is sad. And it happens. And so. it happens to, with elderly too, people, they, uh, people get in their know. parents' names, I mean, they don't know, and what are the chances of, you know, if you stole your mom's credit, would she want to send you in? So, right, it's just, it's sad that it happens. We saw that a lot with Katrina victims of Hurricane Katrina. People were having their identity stolen. So, are there any questions? I think we talked about everything. Um, someone asked earlier what the highest credit score was. I don't know if we talked about that. that part. It ranges from 850 to 350? 300. Oh. And that basically is just what the highest that the credit bureaus have seen and the lowest that the credit bureaus have seen. So, and it's really hard to get a low, a score that low, and it's really hard to get a score that high. 
you have no credit, who has heard no credit's worse than bad credit? Well, what are your thoughts on that, Robin? It depends on the situation. Um, a lot of times what we like to explain is like the students coming in, you know, or they're just starting to develop credit, you know, we will, t we will look at that a little different than somebody who maybe has had credit and they haven't paid it. And a lot of times with having no credit, there's really, there's no score there, so there's no way for us to really know how, that, how you would pay. So a lot of times, especially now with the whole credit card laws and everything changing, a lot of times what happens is if it's a, if it's a student there applying for a visa card, we may ask for somebody to co-sign or co-borrow with them, just so they can be able to actually develop a credit score and know how they're going to pay. Um, so a lot of times having no credit can sometimes actually benefit you better than having bad credit because you may actually be able to obtain credit by not having a credit score versus having a really bad credit score. What, what are the ranges? Like what's considered A, B, uh, B, C? It depends on every financial institution has their own scale. So it really depends. Um, of course, I, mean, I just wonder, like, as far as interest rates are concerned, like, if you go to try and refinance, I mean, I know, like, terms of years, you know, the fewer years, you usually get a better interest rate. But if you're getting a better interest rate because of a credit score, it can be the difference of, what? let's say, you have A plus credit. If I have, if I have an 800 credit score, I'm going to get a three and a half percent auto loan rate. If Robin has East credit or what is that, 550? 550, she's going to pay what, 18%? Which can be $100 worth of in a payment. You know what I mean? That's that different. So, what are, do you know what the ranges are? Like, just generally? I mean, is I it 800 and above well, is the best? I think, or? It I think it really depends on what the is our What is our A credit? 730. 730. So, so you don't have to have 850 credit to get a right, good rate. Okay. So, 730 right. and above, you consider. That's what we well, consider. what we consider. But each institution and other finance, you know, companies will have their own ranges that they go by. Typically, though, what we consider like anybody that's B credit or, or higher, so basically anybody with a 640 or higher credit score is considered to have good and excellent credit. Obviously, okay. the higher you're going to fit into excellent versus good. Right. Um, but just because you may have a 620 doesn't mean that you can't apply and you're considered bad. You may just going to pay. A, you're going to pay a higher rate than okay. somebody that's. You know, and you may want to once you start making your payments, that's going to affect your. Which if you make a year's two years worth of on-time payments for your car, you might want to think about refinancing because you probably have an A credit score now if you've have all that good credit history. So you might want to think about refinancing and maybe getting a lower rate. So, just a thought. And if you have, if you do have a lot of credit card debt, or you do have a, you know, low credit score right now, just to remember that it, it, it will get better, you know what I mean? And just remember to make more than those minimum payments. Um, I've, I hear a lot about CCCS, the Credit and Consumer Counseling Services. They're not for profit. They're in State College, and I actually want to talk to them because I hear so much about them, and I just... I like to do things before I talk about them, just so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'd like to talk to her, to the woman there. Um, she said how the program works is, um, if you have a lot of credit card debt, you have a low credit score, what they can do is, um, it's not considered a consolidation loan, but they work with the credit card companies to get you lower interest rates, um, and then they'll make you pay them one payment and then they make your credit card payments for you but be careful of doing that because by doing that you're closing all of your, those cards so
So, I have always heard too that that can be noted on credit reports as can be as bad as bankruptcy. She, I asked her that. I said, "Is that gonna? Would that hurt my score?" And she said, "It will not hurt your score, but it will be noted." It says they say it says credit management. Credit management. The, right, the and then part. some lending companies. Well, they get that negative. They, they, yes, that is correct. Bankruptcy. But if you're gonna do a debt consolidation. Be very careful of these. You hear commercials online that say credit card, the credit card companies have been bailed out. Though that's a scam. There is no credit card bailout. There is no government funding to get you out of credit card debt. That's not true. <laughs> so if you hear these radio advertisements for these debt consolidation companies, be very skeptical. Look for a not-for-profit group. Um, try with the CCCS first. Go and talk to them. They're actually right there for you to go and see. A friend of mine did a debt consolidation through a company in Florida. She came to find out they were only paying off one of her store cards, pocketing the rest of the money, and then when she went to, when she called them to figure out what was going on, the number had been disconnected and their lease was up. And I mean, she was making $250 payments for a year, every month for a year and she lost all of that money, so. So wouldn't it be just, I mean, wouldn't it be better just to go to a bank or lending institution? For a consolidation, to, right. to do a consolidation loan? Um, if you get a consolidation loan, it's gonna help, like we, Robin talked about the good cholesterol versus the bad cholesterol, good credit versus, or you know, it'll help your credit to have an installment loan. The only thing we warn you about is running up those credit cards after you've taken a consolidation loan to pay them off. Because by taking out a consolidation loan... Oh, they don't loan, make you close the account. We don't, we can't make you we close We can't them. make you close them. Oh, okay. And Again, that affects your credit score by closing them too. So you get a consolidation loan, you pay off all this credit card debt, which is great. That's going to help your score tremendously. Will you still sneak in charges on these credit cards and before you know it, now you have an installment payment and credit card payments. And that's exactly where you don't want to be. So. If you can do it without charging up on the credit cards, that's probably the best way to go. The, the way to do it, actually, honestly, if that's really what you want to do, which is not a bad thing to do, cut up the plastics. Yeah. You're not going to, I mean, okay, so, yeah, you know you might be tempted. And the thing is, what we recommend is truly is to keep one account that you can, especially a visa, because visa's accepted everywhere, for who knows what, backup emergency or whatever, but use one that has a small limit on it, too. Nothing that, you know, don't keep your $10,000 credit you know, limit card if you have that. But cut up the plastics. Yeah, you're going to get issued a new plastic maybe two, three years later, but by then, made payments and you're establishing your payments you know on your other loan but that way you are not going to be tempted to actually charge them up again and have that have that availability to you but a lot of times people I think that go to credit counseling and, and we've seen this too is when they're just in a really bad spot and they know their credit's being affected by it that's why they do credit counseling and oftentimes it's true that a lender really won't help them either so that's typically why a lot of people would do consumer credit counseling and a lot of it is too just to help themselves without really, I think some of it, for some people it's the embarrassment of not really wanting to admit the fact that they're, they're stuck, they're in a bind. Mm -hmm. So to get that help and, and a better way to do it. So, you know, either way is actually fine for you. For some people to consolidate and do installments actually really good for your credit. Um, the credit management doesn't affect your score, but lenders do actually, that they can frown upon it too. So, yes. What if you have your mortgage and all your credit cards paid off? Is that going to affect your 
your score because there's not going to be any, any kind of activity. No, no. At that point in time, you probably, I'm just going to estimate, you probably would be at an 800 score and your score is pretty much going to stay where it's at at that point in time because you've already established all that and everything's yeah. been paid. Yeah. It's, but it'd be more, what would effect it would be if you would do something more recent, like let's say everything's paid and then tomorrow you went out and you got a Macy's card, that's when your score would actually be affected because you're doing something new versus having everything else paid and it's been paid for a while. Okay. One more, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious as, like, I've had different credit cards over the years. I'm just wondering, you know, they automatically up your limit. You know, they said, no, you're such a great customer, so yeah, that's $500 more. Dollars. Yeah. And I had heard at one point, you should call and tell them no, that you want, you know, like, so does that, when you're doing the pie chart and the percentages, I mean, if you have a credit card that's a $1,000 limit, and that's enough for your emergencies, your backup, your just-in-case issues, and they write you a letter and now we want to give you $2,000. Is it better to call and say, keep it? Well, it depends. Sort of a double-edged sword. Oh, if you, let's say, let's say you, you don't owe any on the card. Okay. You have 100% of that card available. So it doesn't matter if you have a $1,000 or $2,000 limit. It's not going to affect your credit score. Okay. In that case, I would call and say, I don't need this extra credit because it's, you just don't need it. Right. If someone would get that card, get a hold of that card, it just you just don't need it. If you are looking to get a mortgage and if you're looking to get a mortgage and um, you have that thousand dollar card maxed out, you have zero percent available on that card. If they give you an extra thousand dollars on the card, you now have fifty percent available, that'll help your credit score. And we have people too that ask the question, well, what happens if, you know, kind of along those lines, I get the letter, but now I want them to close, I want them to lower it. Don't have them lower it until you have it down to like very minimum, because basically, again, that affects your capacity. So if you have a thousand dollar credit limit and you've got 800 of it used and you want to, let's say you decide to yourself, I want my credit limit to be 800, get it paid down past that 800 first before you have them lower it again, because okay. it's going it'll look, like, it'll it's look like it's maxed out. Okay. Yeah. Any other questions? We sort of ran over, sorry, but you guys have some really good questions. Robin's at the Belfont office if you want to give her a call or stop down and ask her more in detail questions, feel free. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.